You don't owe me nothing. You owe yourself and the ones that cared enough to get you here. Welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Friday, May 8th. This is Film Session, and today we're breaking down 1994's basketball classic, Above the Rim. I'm J.D. Skeets, and alongside me, thanks to the power of technology, Tass Mullis. Hey, everybody. What's up, Tass? We also got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey-o. 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 The international man of mystery, taking it to the max. Hopefully his internet <laughs> is up to speed today. Lee Ellis. Friends. Mmm, Lily, sounding crystal clear right now. And last but not least, the man making the magic happen, JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Before we throw on our corduroys and hit the court, <laughs> email us any of your NBA questions and comments to nodunks at theathletic.com. You know, we'll be beach stepping it up next week, so get those cues and comments in right now. Follow us on social media, both Twitter and Instagram, at nodunksinc. How did Pop and Pax go yesterday, Lily? Fantastic. We actually had our first trio of all time. I had oh. Sarah Kustok in uh, from the uh, from the Yes Network, who covers the Brooklyn Nets, and she also dragged Kendall Gill, also fellow Chicago, and into it. So we uh, it was crazy because he was on FaceTime and, and Sarah and I were on Instagram Live. So you know, communication was a little bit of an issue there, but uh, we got through. Also, it wasn't. Wasn't the greatest set of pa- a pack of cards we've ever had, but you know it's always a lot of fun. And mm. you took a chance there, trusting your internet with uh, with Sarah Kustak. A risky business. I didn't actually trust my internet. I went away from my house uh-huh. and re- and relied on just going on the uh, on the three G, so uh, or four G or whatever I'm on. I don't even know what I'm on. <laughs> Maybe it's five G these days. I don't know. But I wanted to get away from the Wi Fi I've got here at my house because it's awful. Uh, you're such a healthy guy. Why don't you implement some fiber into your internet? <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, funny you say that, Tass. Uh, hopefully after today's show, next time we, we, we will have some fiber. So All we'll right. see. Okay, going to get a little upgrade over there. Well, you sound great right now, so knock on wood here. Um, yeah. You guys know we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash nodunksinc. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. And I wanted to thank everyone who purchased a new No Dunks Windy City t-shirt that we have up at nodunks.com. We just sent a check, uh, I guess it was yesterday, the day before, to the American Nurses Foundation for over $1,600. That's all because of you guys out there buying up those shirts. All the proceeds go into the American Nurses Foundation. So thank you so much you know, for supporting the show and buying a shirt, but of course supporting uh, you know, our nurses right now down here in America who need it more than ever. Um, and we're going to continue to do that. So if you haven't picked one up, um, go get one, nodunks.com, get that sick no dunks, windy city sort of bulls style Chicago shirt that Trey uh, whipped together and uh, you know support a good cause. So thank you so much. All right, our movie. I said it. Ninety four is above the rim. Directed by Jeff Polek of Fresh Prince of Bel Air fame, I believe. Uh, this one stars Dwayne Martin, Tupac Shakur, and Leon among others. That will uh, sure break down their performances in this. The IMDb synopsis. Story of a promising high school basketball star and his relationships with two brothers, one a drug dealer and the other a former basketball star fallen on hard times and now employed as a security guard. Very vague, actually, there, I would say, (laughs) from that synopsis, but... You know, we, we figured out heading into watching Above the Rim. Some of us have seen this. I've, I've probably watched this movie 
seven, eight, nine times now at this point. Uh, this was a classic for me growing up in the 90s. I know Trey had watched the task, but, but Lee and JD, it's your first time watching Above the Rim. Uh, JD, we'll start with you. What did you think overall? Did you enjoy it, hate it? What was your uh, first watch like? Uh, my first watch was, I'm going to say enjoyable, but confusing. And as soon as I started to think about things, it, it kind of went downhill for me. Okay. But if I, ha- if I just let it wash over me and enjoy the melodrama, I was fine with it. Okay. And Lee, what about you? I think I'm a little burnt out of basketball movies right now because oh. there's always the same story, just sort of told in a slightly different way. You know, <laughs> someone was a star. They're kind of down on their luck. <laughs> Things, they get a chance at redemption, and guess what happens? Incredibly, the last basket we see is a game-winning, <laughs> game-winning basket from the team that was down all day. I'm just sort of like, I feel like it's Groundhog Day with these basketball movies. Yeah. You know, the characters are interchangeable, but the actual storyline, you know, very much the same. And it's just really what is going to be that final play. On, on some of them, we've seen a charge. On others, we've seen free throws. Yep. Well, I think we saw a three-pointer in there as well at one point. Yep. And uh, I won't give away this one. I mean, it doesn't really matter. We know it's a game-winning basket. But at least <laughs> at least this was a different game-winning basket. That's about the only separation I can make from this movie and the feels like 15 other basketball well, movies we've watched. Well, so hold on. We Sometimes have... it's the streets that's trying to get you. Sometimes it's your family <laughs> DNA being a werewolf it's all the same movie it's just what is the antagonist and we have uh really two game winners in this one lee which one are you alluding to the alley-oop in the uh tournament like the uh, shootout tournament or when uh kyle is at georgetown and hits the game winning shot <laughs> well yeah actually yeah I, I was more referring to the to the moment uh on the on the outdoor courts there in yeah, new york the where it's ball. the alley yeah the alley-oop and by the way i want to actually go to joe borger for that uh, I mean, he steals the ball with three seconds ago, dribbles a couple of times, and gets the oop off, catches and release. I actually think this one would have been waved off. Yeah, this. Uh, you're not wrong, and I think a part of it is because we've been doing film session for a couple of weeks now. It, it these basketball movies are formulaic. There is no doubt they hit the same beats for the most part. But what I loved about Above the Rim back in the '90s, and still even watching it last night, I mean, the All Star cast is amazing. And, I, and we can get into, again, their acting performances, especially Tupac and, and even Bernie Mac as Flip and Marlon Wayans as the, the you know com- comedy relief in this. The streetball scenes are fun. <laughs> I know they're not maybe believable at times, but they're definitely fun basketball scenes and they're high energy. And then the soundtrack is amazing, too. Um, it, it's, it was incredible. It did amazing numbers, I remember, at the time in, in terms of sales and stuff like that. And you had... You know Warren G on it, and Lady Afro, and other and tons of uh, West Coast actually artists. Even though this movie happens in Harlem, which is uh, a little strange, but anyway, mm. it's uh, formulaic. But I think the performances and um, the basketball energy, and just tapping into the fashion and language, sort of of the mid '90s, I thought they knocked out of the park. Trey, would you agree with that? Oh yeah, um, I'm exactly like JD. It's a it's an enjoyable watch, but as soon as you start thinking about it, you're like, wow, this is a crazy movie. But as long as you're okay with like a hundred minute and a half scenes, you're gonna be happy here. That's the thing. It's like it feels like something different is happening every two minutes. But you basically have to buy in right away. The opening scene is literally crazy. It sounds crazy. The idea of two guys upstairs on top of a building playing basketball right next to the edge. 
<laughs> of a five-story building, basically. Uh, and this is the inciting moment for the entire movie. If you're okay with the way the first three minutes play out, you're probably going to like this movie. Yeah. How long did it take for the movie to gain sort of any credibility to you after that very weird opening sequence? The dream sequence that Shep uh, has. Um, you know, you think that's the funny part. I, I had forgotten. I'm watching this with Nora, who had never seen it. So Shep dreams. This opens the movie. Shep is dreaming about his friend Nutso falling off a building, like Trey said, five stories high, whatever it is, because. You know, they're playing one-on-one in their Letterman jackets. Um, you know, they're, they're going back and forth. They're obviously buddies. And then they're like, oh, let's put some money on who can get, you know, how high they can get. Can you get above the rim? Let's see you, let's see you slap it. So, you know, Shep does that. And then Nutso tries. And he slaps the backboard so hard that it breaks. And he just goes <laughs> flying through off the building. So Nora's like, okay, that's a dream, right? Like, he doesn't actually die that way. And I'm like watching it last night going... Oh yeah, I don't, I don't know. I can't remember. Does he actually die that way? Because man, that is weird. Or is that just a weird version of his dream? Like, oh, maybe he got shot or something, or in a car accident or something. But no, that's how he died. Yeah. <laughs> Which is insane. What a weird reason for, or a weird way for somebody to die. A hundred percent. I mean, I thought that it was symbolic as well. I just thought there's, yeah. and also the scene itself is so as is many scenes in this movie, so badly blocked and constructed because it looks like they're inside, right? Is it just me? Like, it looks like uh. the, that they're in a gym or you assume that they're in a gym. I scrubbed over this thing 50 <laughs> times, it felt like, because it looks like there's a window behind the, the yeah. basket, yeah. right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's falling off of the building. So, oh, this is symbolic. There's some, And there's no way that a... Uh, a backboard could just break like that from <laughs> slapping it, right? I mean, or who, or is is uh, established on the edge of a building, right? Uh, well, yeah. yeah. What happens when you miss a shot every <laughs> yeah. single time? It falls five stories. Like, the well, oh, that's why I'm still confused, Skeets. You say that's how he dies. Is it? I uh, think so. It is. <laughs> it I, is. I, I think it is. Well, no it's on one the knows. Cover of the how, do, how does the next it, day? It, it, well, yeah, I, I, his. I just don't think it was ever established that that's how, number one, he died. That's his, like, in the newspaper later on, we see that was his, he has a fatal flaw mm. as a basketball player. Yeah. His fatal flaw is his friend fell off a, a roof yeah. where it was a badly established or, 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 or really ridiculously placed basketball hoop that's his fatal flaw that's why it doesn't seem to me like that's how he died it just no but Tass Tass why are there like multiple scenes then in this movie where Shep is watching either kids slap the backboard or he's doing it when he's playing ghost basketball by himself like I think that's what happened. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Which yeah, is I, I, I was fine just letting it go after the first scene because I, <laughs> okay. I don't. Re- I was just going to try and enjoy this movie. I'm definitely like JD and Trey. Once you start digging, there's you're you're digging yourself a hole. You're never coming out of. You're going you're going Teen Wolf and you're never coming back. It's just. Well, I like. <laughs> I like that we gave um, the kid an Airbud crap for. Uh, Opening up uh, all the all like the trees and stuff, so then his basketball court was just over the river or the mm-hmm. lake or whatever. It's like we were like crapping on him, but yeah, this placement of this hoop is even weirder. Yeah, Who it's way it worse. At least you can go get a ball that yeah. hits the shore. Yeah, I mean yeah. this one. This one's like there's a billion balls down five stories. Like, that's... <laughs> 
I like to imagine, you know, they say they find um, Shep in handcuffs the next day. So obviously the police are talking to him. They come to investigate. They're like, so what happened last night? Well, we were playing basketball up at the top of the five-story building. You see that hoop that's right by the edge? He fell off. And they're like, oh, yeah, you're, prob- you're right. Uh, it makes sense. We've been waiting years and years for that to happen. We don't know why anybody put a hoop up there. Sorry, it had to be nutso. Did you, yeah. Do you think maybe they, they edited the entire movie and then they say, how the hell are we going to establish that this guy had a flaw or that this guy... <laughs> That's exactly well, you know, what I think happened. If I'm putting on my detective hat, I think they needed to have, as Trey just got, just described it as a, a inciting incident, it, it, nutso had to die. Yeah, and it had to fine. be basketball related, mm-hmm. and there has to be some sort of severe consequence for Shep, severe enough that he would abandon his mother and little brother. But did yep. he go to jail? I don't think he did. I think he just no. ran away, right? Like he just yeah. couldn't take it anymore and ran away. And it had to be something that he wasn't shot. It had to have he had to be to blame, or or at least take on some blame. They right? should have went. They should have went like. Like heart attack or something, you know, like yeah. that he was pushing nutso too hard. No, I'm serious. I like, agree with this you. is just sure. so you can't believe this. I mean, that part is ridiculous. And I think that I think they originally they shot the movie, they shot this scene, and whoever was producing or the director just finally said, "This is preposterous. Let's make it a nightmare. Let's <laughs> right. let's change the lighting. Let's change the audio. Let's let, let's just go full on. This is a dream, or was it?" And uh, and then we'll just make it a symbol off the top of the movie, and then we won't really go back to it again. We'll just know that that Shep is tortured by Nutso's death, right? I mean, <sighs> is it a symbol or not? But I think that's what they did. I think they tried to fix it in post, and that's why we have this ridiculous sequence. <laughs> oh, this is exactly what I didn't want to do. I didn't want to go into gritty detail of... Why the heck this happened? Even even now, now I'm just thinking about the way Shep woke up from that dream, mm-hmm. and he just he simply wakes up. Right. It's like he's got this the straight face for the entire movie. That's his character. That's his bit. I get it. Yep. But he wasn't even worried in the very least. There wasn't one curve on his lips at all. He just he just woke up like it was an, a standard eight o'clock morning. He didn't even wasn't even worried coming out of that dream whatsoever. It's, it's like shot months later. It might or it might have been just a totally unrelated scene that they were just like, yeah. oh this'll this'll work. Yeah. Yeah. It's a rough start for this movie, as we're pointing <laughs> out here. I mean it's not a strong start, that weird dream sequence and just the just how it's written more than anything. And and I agree with you, JD, how it's shot. I think I read there is a continuity error with that whole figuring out well, is there a window? Is there a wall there? Right. Or is there not type of thing? I think it does switch, which is why you were probably so confused. Ah, okay. Um, I, I think I saw something about that. But anyway, it's a weird way for someone to die. Um, <laughs> a lot of things about it. I think they could have written that a little bit better. Um, is this what uh, that Little John song's about? From the window to the wall till Nutso takes a fall? <laughs> hey, yeah. <laughs> could be. <laughs> could be. Um, well, let's get, into, let's get into Kyle Lee Watson's game. I mean, we, we get some of that very early. Um, what did you think of his basketball skills, Lily? Well, that's one thing about this movie. I actually think this was probably the best basketball we've seen in any of the movies. You know, yeah. guys were actually... Uh, like, I mean, he was going a little Justin Bieber, James Harden there as well. <laughs> yeah, he, for a he while. sure was. You know, and that would drive me crazy if I'm a coach because he's trying to get his teammates involved and uh, or the coach wants him to and he doesn't want to because he's a star. But it's like, all you're really doing is these crazy dribbles, man. Like, move the ball or drive inside or take a shot or do something. But yeah, overall, I mean... 
you saw actual what appeared to be basketball players playing yes, yes. in this movie. So that, it definitely gets um, you know a few points uh, credit for that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, again, it's kind of the same. You know, there's going to be some sort of like dust up between the coach and the star player and he's going to throw a tantrum and he's going to you know I'm off the team and you know storm out of there and that's going to build up and you're like ah I wonder if he's ever going to make it back into the team or back into the coach's good books you know (laughs) but yep sure enough that's what happens (laughs) well in real in real life um Dwayne Martin who plays Kyle Lee Watson he was a guard uh, on New York University's Division Three squad in the late 80s. Wow. So mm. he was a first-team, like, all-association selection, I guess. So he was probably pretty damn good. I think he appears yeah. to be pretty good. I mean, he's got a handle. The shot looks all right. He has yeah. a super high dribble. Unless the ball was just super inflated, <laughs> that thing bounces so damn high when he dribbles it. Um, but like <laughs> I, I said, I, I also the scouting saw report, he Le- can't make Leon an entry pass is- to save his life. Sorry, Seth. I also saw Leon had a full scholarship as yep. well. Yeah, That's right. California. Loyola uh, uh, Marymount, right, or whatever? How do you say that? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how you pronounce yeah. that. Um, yeah, but then he... Yeah, he had a basketball scholarship, but I think he just went into uh, acting, right? Into theater and stuff like that. What? Did one of his friends fall off the top of a building, so he had to leave <laughs> basketball behind yeah, and go to Hollywood? He's got a smooth-looking shot, actually, oh, yeah. I think, in the yeah. movie. Yeah, I mean, especially. he's helped out by those rims that are super bent oh, by that point yeah. in the movie, but... Uh, that that was crazy. That was crazy, those rims, how they seemed to be sort of tilted downwards anyway and then really, really soft. Um, <laughs> and, and he was getting buckets, like in pants and, uh, and sort of work shoes, you know? Oh, like, yeah. I mean, hey, this guy hasn't got, a, uh, hasn't got a jersey. They give him a jersey, he just goes out there and he's balling straight away. He doesn't even need to warm up. <laughs> yeah. So they, they pick guys with, with basketball backgrounds, and Kyle specifically, this is sort of what JD was talking about when, when we watched um, Monica in... Uh, what the heck movie is that uh, called? Love and Basketball. Love and Basketball. So many movies. Monica <laughs> had the basketball acumen, didn't have the acting chops, and Kyle was the same. There's a lot of a lot of lines in this movie. I wrote a few of them down where I was just like, oh, yeah, that's not what he would say. There's no chance. He's with his coach. I've got homeroom in five minutes. Are we just about done? <laughs> Kyle would not talk like that. Or we, with a teammate in the locker room, get out of here, you muscle-bound scrub. Well, is that, nah. is that Kyle's fault or is it the writer's fault? Oh, it's definitely the writer's fault. I mean, fault. I, th- yeah. I think they should give they sh- there should be a whole new category of Oscars of good actors trying to make bad dialogue come to life. And almost everybody in this movie should get one. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's horrific. Yeah. How it's written, just, yeah. the dialogue. Yeah. yeah, but just cut it down. Like you just half it. I mean, he, they're just extending him too far. This line though, this ain't no jail, and you ain't no cop because you're knocking boots with Barney Fife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Barney Sick. Fife. Uh, yeah, Good you're right. It, it was a, but but did they make a mistake, JD, in not not casting an actor for Kyle's role rather than casting a basketball player like you said about Monica and, and he got game I was fine with Kyle's performance he got game he is loving it. basketball loving basketball so many movies yeah. so many movies he, that guy is an actor isn't he he's been in other stuff hasn't he or uh, am I am I oh, crazy yes. yeah yeah for sure I, I thought he, I thought yeah the dialogue was atrocious except for some of the trash talking stuff but most of it I just could not handle, especially whenever the coach opened his mouth. It was oh, the coach was hilarious. Yeah, the coach was hilarious to me. There's that one practice scene where they're doing all practice stuff uh, involving nothing about shooting a basketball or dribbling a basketball. They're just going off the glass to each other. He just keeps yelling, find the mark, find the mark, find the yeah. mark, find the mark. What does that mean? 
I don't know. So maybe he's got maybe he put a little uh, piece of tape up there on that backboard, right? <laughs> yeah. He's like, come on, slap it off there. It's gotta be it perfect. But you asked Skeets, how soon are you one back to the movie? And for me, it is this first uh, basketball scene, Panthers versus Tigers. As soon as Tupac walks in, you're like, this guy's awesome. Oh right? yeah, like he's he amazing. just takes over the movie immediately. He's amazing, and yeah, whether you have problems with what the dialogue was handed to him, he's, uh, I think Birdie is such a damn good character, and he kills it. He killed it. I mean, he was great in Juice. He was a hell of an actor. I mean, um, what did, there was like a hilarious, not a hilarious, but like Entertainment Weekly wrote in 94 that Tupac might be the most dynamic young actor since Sean Penn. That's what they were saying. Because, um, wow. you know, he had some great performances. Uh, and this was like, look, he's probably the perfect role for him, right? This sort of like strong-arm hustler that he's uh, out here portraying. So he, he was nailing it. He was knocking it out of the park. Just one more thing about Kyle. He, I started thinking about it. This guy's like Jordan-esque, right? <laughs> His schedule. He plays a night game. Then he goes straight to the club. We're told he's out till about 1 a.m. Then he's up the next morning doing suicides with Bug at what has to be like 6 or 6.30 in the morning because he's only 30 minutes late to his 7.30 meeting with his coach. So he's there by 8. This guy gets no sleep and is, you know, balling at the club, doing suicides in the morning, and then another meeting with his coach. That's, that's Jordan-esque. I'm sure he got some golf in there that we didn't see, a deleted scene. Some cigars were uh, smoked. Um, yeah, hats off to Kyle Lee Watson. He's incredible. Mm, yeah, Boogaloo... Uh... You know what? Give me Stal Stalinsky any day of the <laughs> no week. Way. No ah, way. Boogaloo. It's too much. He's too much energy. He's annoying energy. Whereas Styles comes in and he's positive energy. Styles. <laughs> oh my Stiles goodness. Stalinsky. <laughs> Stiles Stalinsky. You would much rather party with Styles. You would much rather hang out with him during school hours. And Boogaloo's just like, he's in your face. It's like, just relax, man. Just calm down. Styles is all about fun. Boogaloo's all about just annoying everybody. <laughs> yeah, he gets under the skin of, uh, of Birdie and his crew, for sure, at times. He's got a lot of energy. You're not wrong. But I thought he was hilarious. I thought, I thought Wayans was hilarious as this character. Oh, yeah. I think it's the perfect role for Marlon Wayans. He and he, he honestly plays it perfectly. Uh, he also gives us, I don't know, I mean, it's between the nutso scene and I guess this is the dickso scene when Kyle <laughs> just stops to take a piss yeah. in the middle of the street and Boogaloo just can't stop talking about how his dick looks like an anteater. <laughs> it's a weird yeah. scene, man. Have you been lifting Sorry. weights with your dang dang? Is this a thing that happens, though? I mean... You stop, you take a pee in the middle of the street, okay, I guess. But then you just go on a monologue about your friend's penis? Is that... I, I, this has never happened to me, and I, I don't know. Like, uh, am I uh, am I just an old old fashioned fuddy duddy over here, or what? Like, hey, like, listen again. Style Stalinsky never said to Scott, "Hey, show me your peewee." Once he was a werewolf, did he? He wasn't well, interested in. No, this. he would do the exact opposite there, buddy. Uh, you gotta stop uh, standing for style. Yeah, it's, it's not a good look. Nah, nah, no <laughs> way, man. No JD, way. Styles, uh, styles till I die, man. Oh God. <laughs> JD, I agree. There isn't really much. Uh, penis analyzing between friends that happens but i guess that is that just depicts how crazy this marlon wayans character is i thought the first one okay he's crazy that the first time he said it like he points out it looks mm -hmm. like an anteater how are you uncircumcised right. he called him that's never been said before either uncircumcised just not circumcised okay sure. and and then he goes back in for a second peek like the, the thing yeah. he can't stop looking at it he can't stop talking about it 
Well, it's also just a weird place for him to take a pee because it's an overhang. He's not yeah. peeing in the corner <laughs> yeah, against a wall. Yeah. He's got like a full 360 degree view like he's seeing the sun on edge of extinction. Like there's, there's everybody can see it. Uh, and that's why the cops are, I guess he, they run from the cops because yeah, they're coming down the underpass or something. It's like, again, underpass? I want to point out, I have I have taken many a leak with, uh, you know, I was going to say with friends, but yeah, I guess with friends, you know, late at night after drinking. Oh my God, it's 2 a.m. I'm going to piss myself. I'm just going over to the corner here. This is 6 or 6.30 in the morning. And as Bug points out, you were just at your house. Yeah. Like it's like right there, man. Like you can go back. It's like no, I can't deal with my mom. I gotta pee in the street. Yeah, that's a, one of the weirder scenes in this movie, and that's saying something because we just talked about a guy falling off a building after slapping a backboard. But it, know, it, it is also funny because he's. The, I think his character is. I mean, you see this character in some of other like um, other classics that we've you know you know menace to society and other stuff. Like there can be these type of characters. These like hilarious just fast talking maybe annoying to some characters but he's got some funny lines he does book i i agree i'm gonna say something controversial that people are gonna get on me for but i think that damon wayne's or uh marlon wayne sorry was wrong for this role mm. and i'll tell you why he's too charismatic he's too cool he's too slick mm. do you know what i mean okay just based on what happens to the character right He's so obviously a smart guy, a funny guy. Um, he's a bright guy. And he has this weird dream that he wants to go and play college ball, even though he just got out of prison and he doesn't seem to go to school. But it seems plausible that that Marlon Wayans could achieve that goal. But I don't think that Bug should uh, should be able to. Like, he, he falls so fast. It's just not plausible to me, just because uh, Marlon is too cool. Does that make mm. sense? Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Like, you almost want, like, for the lack of a better word, like more of a loser type character. Yeah, exactly. Somebody who's role. somebody whose sense of humor only Kyle gets. Right? He's tight with Kyle, and Kyle protects him, but uh, he's just super annoying to everybody else. Like when he comes onto the court when he's wearing the gold tracksuit and he's got the chalk and he's 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 yeah like I think that's a great scene and that's a great performance from Wayans but it, it, it he's too cool he's too funny like I feel like people are going to be laughing with him and not at him if that makes sense yeah I can see that being the case uh, yeah I guess it's a tough one uh, to to give him all these great lines and also have you think of him. Uh, not even in a negative way, but just as a sad sack guy, how do they find that perfect character? I don't know. I've just always assumed that the energy was what they wanted from Marlon Wayans because he brings it in. I don't know. He's he's exactly like you're saying. He's so charismatic that even if you were getting annoyed with him, you would want to have him around. Um, And maybe that doesn't necessarily ring true later in the movie. Right. I mean, he ends up shooting uh, Birdie because he gets dissed by him. And to me, it's just that sort of uh, character. That character wouldn't wouldn't let it get under his skin as much as he did. It did, mm. just didn't ring true to me for some mm. reason. I don't mm. know. Maybe I I'm... Think, maybe I'm I actually think... Yeah, I'd push back a little bit because I think for him to be somewhat believable that he's running with Birdie's crew, he does have to be um, just enough where he's... Uh, he says funny things that people laugh at, uh, you know, whatever, because he's funny, but also right. they laugh at him too. There is that sort of fine line that he... 
you know, I, we, I know we, we don't see a whole lot of it where they're maybe laughing with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is more laughing at him. But I think, I, I don't know, it's sort of believable that it's like, eh, whatever. Guy's has some funny lines and he's like, he's there. He's a part of the, he's just there in the background. And then he can get annoying and we push him down the stairs, you know, get the hell out of here. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, fair. Um, well, let's talk about uh, Tupac. I mean, his performance in this. What, did, what do you think of him, J.D.? Uh, and, and what we saw from him as Birdie. I thought he was great. Um, I kind of had problems with the Birdie character um, just simply because I wanted to know more about him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he seemed, especially the scene at the graveyard where I kind of felt bad for him because he was the one that was abandoned, right? And he yeah. was the one that stepped up and, and got him and his mom uh, out of poverty by selling drugs. So... I don't know. I mean, the way he got there was not great, but what choice do you have when you are in that situation, right? You live in Harlem and uh, you're African-American and you basically have three options, become a rapper, become a sports legend, or become a drug dealer. And option C is the way you go, right? I mean... Were you shocked to find out they were brothers? Like, did that surprise you or Lee, having watched it for the first time? Yes, Birdie it did, Chuck? yes. Yeah, 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 for sure. I, I didn't sort of make that connection immediately. Uh, it wasn't sort of until later on when I did. And even uh, afterwards, I sort of read through to check that that's what was happening there. But I thought Tupac, <laughs> you know, I mean, look, look, I'll be honest. I was waiting for this movie just to end because I knew, you know, I just wanted to see exactly what the game-winning play was going to be. Uh, but I thought Tup- <laughs> This guy is thought- only here for the basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Tupac as an actor did play that role very, very yeah. well yeah like, he was yeah. convincingly yeah and and i and i thought um you know it was kind of the way that he lived his life too i think wasn't it he liked to sort of be a bit of a gangster and uh, get himself into oh, he a was bit in of and trouble. out of I mean, jail around this time of filming if i yeah, remember correctly yeah. yeah and 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 i mean obviously the ultimate ending for him was was kind of basically what happened to him in real life as well so i think he you know it wasn't a huge shift away from the type of life that he led uh for the character that he was in this film that graveyard scene is so great though just to see the turn from him being, you know, just a charismatic, fun-loving guy. He's talking to his brother. He's trying to recruit him. And when he says no, instantly, he's into menacing violence. But yeah, it right. doesn't really feel different when you're looking at him. You're like, wow, that's that's exactly like you're saying, Lee. That must be what it had been like to be around Tupac, really, at some points. The one thing I will say, as formulaic as this movie can be, being a, a sports basketball type movie and hitting those beats, one thing that's different, I thought, is Birdie saying the opposite of what you usually hear in movies like hey he's my brother man he's my brother i hate him but he's family Mm -hmm. and it actually takes the opposite stance in this like where birdie is like no forget that i i don't i don't care if he is my blood brother um he abandoned us like you were saying there jd like i I thought that was a little interesting because i don't feel like you get that vibe from a lot of movies um, between that relationship between brothers, right? For sure. And I, the, I, that's sort of something that I kind of wish they explored a little more because here's this guy, Birdie. He's been abandoned by his big brother, left alone with his mom. He had to pull her out of po- poverty. And then the big brother returns and he's he's happy. He wants to reconnect with his brother and his brother mm-hmm. wants nothing to do with him. He's ashamed of uh, what he's become, this massive drug dealer. And that's heartbreaking. And... And I guess they sort of, I mean, that's the theme, a theme of the movie that runs through it. But I don't know. I just wanted more between the two brothers, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because, like, the protagonist in this movie is Dwayne Martin. I mean, sorry, uh, Kyle. And, like, you know, he's the story that we're supposed to be super invested in, right? But I'm with you. It's like, 
give me more Birdie. Give me more Shep. Um, because they're almost like these secondary characters in this film, but they're way more interesting, really, than than Kyle's oh, story. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, uh, I'm with you there. What did? Let's talk about the the, uh, the the scenes with no basketball, where Shep is playing ghost hoops, as we can call it. Uh, yo, he's playing without a ball, as someone says. I thought those scenes, Tass, as a kid, were hilarious, I remember. Like, I thought they were funny. And then watching it last night, they hit a little different. Um, they're still obviously... <laughs> they're still pretty silly. I mean, it is still funny to watch a guy play basketball without a basketball and against nobody. But, you know, you, you, there's a different emotion to them as an adult than there was as a 14-year-old. Did you have the same experience? I just thought of it as an advanced basketball technique. I, I think Shep was <laughs> was light years ahead, like he's Joe Lake above the, of the Warriors. The... The no ball technique. It's all it's all footwork, baby. Coach Carter loved it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they they play without a ball, right? I, I mean it's it's just about the footwork. I, is it is it crazy? Is it absolutely nuts to think that that happens on a basketball floor at times in practice? Like let's not let's get this down before we get the dribbling down. I mean, probably not ever, but <laughs> I mean a, a, a tiny bit. I I it doesn't it didn't uh I mean, it wasn't funny. It wasn't really moving uh, in any way um, because, you know, it was really tough to get attached to the, hey, my buddy just killed himself on a five-story building. I just, it wasn't really connecting me there. Um, I didn't mind it. I I think he's light years ahead. I think think that's all I could think about. I was like, that's all right. That's all right as a basketball technique. Yeah, we give LeBron James a whole bunch of credit for being able to recall plays here and there. You know, he'll break down the coverages. But Shep was out there recreating an entire basketball game every single night, move for move, without the ball. Pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, he was supposed to be playing nutso, right? I mean, that's sort of Mm -hmm. what I got. He's playing a ghost. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And they did, uh, there was no ball in uh, Air Bud as well, right? (laughs) What did he do? Uh, Didn't the coach uh, have uh, a no ball practice? Oh, really? I can't, I yeah, right, he did, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of that going on. I don't know. Smart. It's still, uh, I, I just rem- for sure remember thinking it was hilarious as a kid. Like, this is, looks like ridiculous. Like you're laughing at him. Like oh, 100%. 100%. And, uh, you know, now it's it's in different contexts. Maybe I'm picking up more on, like, why he's doing that. He's, like, playing this, this, this demon within him or this, obviously, this yeah. tragic experience he's reliving over and over and over again. I mean, that's pretty depressing now. Yeah. Um, and, and and sort of powerful in a weird way, as funny as it looks. So it does just I'm just pointing out that it's a lot different uh, as a 14-year-old than a nearly 40-year-old uh, yeah. Shep playing ghost ball. <laughs> I will say we only had to see it once. We didn't need to go back to it over <laughs> yeah, and over. Yeah, we saw we, it a couple we times. We got right? the deal because it, it is a little... It's, it's just not entertaining. Uh, but <laughs> I would say it looks okay because his footwork is pretty good because he's a basketball player. And he is actually out there practicing moves. He he looked a little like um, uh, like Bernard King told us on the starters. Oh, yeah. Could use that heel spin, get into the lane. I don't mind. I don't mind watching a little footwork. Listen, if the basketball isn't going to be incredible, the sequences aren't going to be incredible. Give me some footwork. Hey, it's maybe it's just this time in the coronavirus time where I'll take any basketball I can get. <laughs> JD, you said you wanted more um, to the story, probably of Shep and Birdie as mm-hmm. as brothers and all that. But with what we got in this movie, were you were you attached to Shep at all, or was his character like you just weren't feeling that much? I that I struggled always with that 
um, of wanting to root for him and then also sometimes maybe not caring all that much. Yeah, well, he's a hard guy to root for. I mean, he's yeah. got a stone face most of the time. Uh, the first time we see him come to life is when he goes on the date with uh, Malika. Is that her name? Malika? Mm, I Mal- believe so. Yeah. Kyle's um, mom. Yeah. Uh, and you know we see a little bit of his personality, but yeah, I mean the whole the whole ghost uh, the 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 no ball basketball he gets made fun of from a car, you know not to his face or anything from um, Kyle and the rest of them, but it's never really explored anymore. Like like Kyle's got a big problem with Shep dating his mother, but he ne- he never says to her like, "Hey man, this guy's crazy. He plays basketball with no ball by himself at <laughs> night in a park." Like this is they they could have used it a little more. Maybe maybe that scene just got cut out or the scenes like that got cut out. Or he was never confronted about it and we never found out more about it. So, yeah, it was hard to hard to really root for the guy, although on my first viewing, I guess I was. I was glad he showed up in his cords at the yeah, end. Of the yeah, movie. yeah, so, at the mm-hmm. end. But it was that oh, well, part. Why? What? Like, what flipped in his head to go back to go save the team? That's the part that I couldn't figure out. Like, what? He like pulls up. He's in like a. He's in a taxi, right, or something, mm-hmm. and he just yeah, sees yeah, kids yeah, playing, yeah. and that is what like triggers him going like, "Oh, I gotta go and sort of help the team out." You know what I mean? Mm. I, it was, that part was weak. It was like, what was the reason? Why are you actually... You're about to flee. You've handed in your keys. You've left this note for coach. You're not going to take over. And and you're gone. We're told you're gone. You're packing up. And mm-hmm. then you make this sort of last-minute decision. And I couldn't figure out. It appeared just to be him watching kids play basketball. Maybe he realized, oh, I'm not in a taxi, actually. i got to get out of this car. Might as well go help my friends. Because... <laughs> Because they didn't get the rights to, to using you, uh, New York taxis, I guess. Because uh, it was just a car with a painted yeah, phone number. It, it was on a new gypsy cab, right? Like uh, yeah. the original Uber. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you, Skeets. I guess it was um, a combination of things. He was told, hey, get, get your ish right, I think, by coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, he While he's in the cab, he sees two boys slapping the basketball. I guess that's the, the, the yeah. director was telling us, hey, we're seeing the kids slap the basketball or slap the backboard over and over again. That's that's the signal, I guess. Yeah. I mean, they, another thing about the movie is that they all of a sudden put this responsibility of Shep has to save Kyle, right? All of a yeah. sudden it seems like why why is it suddenly his responsibility to look after and protect this kid? I mean, that was the most discordant thing for me watching the movie the first time. I mean, I sort of got hints the second time through, you know, like Mm -hmm. there's definitely, I mean, Bug and Kyle are Flip and Shep, right? Like that first scene when we see Flip and he's, he plays um, Kyle Mm one-on-one and then uh, the four of them are together and it's just like, from Shep's point of view, it's like, well, this is your future, guys. You know, Bug right. and uh, can't keep track of these names. <laughs> Bug and <laughs> Kyle. Uh, so 
he takes on the responsibility or people are telling him that he needs to take on the responsibility. Yeah, coach of, tells him that. Yeah. yeah, but why though? I mean, because he's You're dating right. his mom? I mean, not really. He's just, has he taken a job as the coach? I mean, he says, yeah, I'll take the job, but then he never does the job of, of being the coach. It's just, he's a security guard at, at a high school. Like, why, why does he... Other than the, the parallel of his life, you know, like he was a star, something bad happened to him, yeah. and then he walked away. I mean, Kyle is getting lured into uh, Birdie's world, and we got to stop that, but it's all up to Shep for whatever reason, you know, and then... <laughs> well, because it's a basketball movie. The only person who can reach the new kids is somebody who won 20 years ago. you got to bring them back. They've got the expertise. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally... It was disjointed in my brain, too. I think my brain just mutated this story to be well, Shep lost his way because he was a, a selfish star right. in his day too rather than watching somebody kill himself so their stories were absolutely exactly the same sort of like uh, in in the way back to some degree he was trying uh, Ben Affleck was trying to guide the star of the team to yeah it's just a, it's just a basketball movie yeah. but right like that's what but yeah if their stories well, were exactly my, the same yeah, learn, learn from my mistakes don't do what I did right right I mean you are me don't play on a rooftop well yeah <laughs> stay on the ground the movie's called above the rim but stay on the ground yeah yeah I do right. like that I do like the fact that it's called above the rim and it really has nothing to do with the story other than just being a basketball movie they're not, they weren't trying to shove that down our throat, right? Yeah, does no no one says above the rim in the movie, right? We can't drop the uh, Leonardo DiCaprio right. meme and point at the screen. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think they do. Because Nora asked, why is it called that? And I was like, uh, I'm sure somebody says it. Oh, it's because <laughs> it's because Nutso hit, is hitting yeah. above the rim, right? Yeah, I mean, right. I, I mean, got, but, yeah. <laughs> but why, why else? Who cares? I don't, I don't know. Sounds cool. It yeah, does, it sounds cool. does sound cool. Um what did you think of how quickly Shep and Kyle's mom's um, relationship moved? And how good is that Wilson's Bakery and Restaurant? Oh, yeah. I mean, it must be amazing. They're going, I mean, Shep goes every day, we're told, so it's got to be good eating. And uh, even Kyle's mom was going back to back, you know, for, for two stops in a row there. How old, how old do we think Shep is if he's dating Kyle's mom? I mean, because Kyle and Shep don't seem to be too far apart. I think he's 33. You know, and he was all city in 1979. The mm-hmm. movie's 1994. That's 15 years. You graduate when you're 18. Okay. Adds up. It's funny you say that, Lee. I did okay. see that Kyle's mom, uh, Tanya Pinkins plays Kyle's mom. She's actually only three years older than Dwayne Martin, who is Kyle <laughs> in real life. How weird is that one? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Crazy. crazy I, uh, I'm with you though, <laughs> yeah. JD. I do. Well, love that's that. it. She doesn't look like the typical mum in in a movie. You know, she looks she looks relatively young, and yeah, that's why even even just that relationship for me was a little bit sort of weird because it was like I, I don't I don't know why he's dating her mum. I think you know, I mean, it just seems like she's a little bit old for him, and you know, he's a young, athletic, pretty handsome looking dude. I think he could have you know. Someone I think Shep's older in the movie than you're than you're thinking. Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe he's just got maybe he just, he just looks great. Uh, yeah, that's it. Maybe that's what it is. But it just seemed like an odd sort of odd storyline to add in there that they were in a relationship like that, I thought. but Well, yeah, they're driving know. home. He's the father figure, right? Or he needs to be yeah. a, a father yeah. figure for Kyle, I guess. Yeah. Literally. I do love that scene when they're coming out of the movie theater. And you can tell that, you know, Shep is just has a way with words to win women over. He just says to, to uh, Kyle's mom, you ever dream about running away? You never dream about running away? <laughs> Not even a little. 
not just your mind. Not even now that I'm asking you about running away, you're not thinking about it. Not when you were a kid and kids run away. None of that. Okay, let's just keep walking. Because I There's always like, run away. That's my thing. Running yeah. away is my thing. So He's like, you don't think about it? Because I'm, I'm thinking about it. I can't stop thinking about it. Yeah, there's only, um, I think there's only two times in the movie that Shep smiles, right? The one is when he's with uh, Kyle's mom, mm-hmm. and then right at the end of the movie when Kyle hits the shot for Georgetown, he uh, there's a tiny little smile yeah. comes across his face. <laughs> Otherwise, he is stone cold <laughs> yeah. in this movie. Yeah. There is, he is, there's no highs or lows. He is pretty even keeled for the most part. But hey, he's a tortured guy, and that's yeah. fine, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, as you getting back to rooting for him, it's hard to root for the guy. There's this weird uh, the bit. Speaking of uh, him dating Kyle's mother, when Kyle, when we meet her for the first time, Kyle comes down and he kisses her on the back of the head or whatever, and she says, mm-hmm. "Excuse me, you think you can just kiss me whenever you feel like it?" She says that exact same line. To Shep, to Shep when he yeah. shows up at the, and takes <laughs> yeah. her for a date. So is that what we're is yeah. is this the rivalry that we're supposed to feel between Kyle and <laughs> and uh, Shep? Like is, yeah, I think it's, it's yeah, it's he's protective of his mother and like that's our thing, right? That's our little banter, or whatever. And then here comes this guy who I've been told from Birdie, who is his actual brother, that he's a weirdo. Mm-hmm. Don't trust him, you know. Mm-hmm. Blah 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 blah. So yeah, I mean, I think he's. It just helps uh, uh, fire up the distrust that he would maybe have for Shep. I okay, guess. Okay. Yeah. No, right. I I get that. I guess I think it's weird that a mother would say, "You think you can kiss me whenever you feel like it?" There's no mother that would ever say that to their child. <laughs> oh, Never. I, yeah. no, not no, ever. Not to. <laughs> no, not to their. Not, especially not to their son, their teenage son, who's kind of trying to distance himself a little <laughs> bit right. from his parents. Like any sort of affection, the mom's going to take in a second. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I'll, I'll push back on that. I think it's Kyle being a little cheeky, right? Maybe he's gotten up to uh, some things he shouldn't. Maybe he's running late. Maybe he hasn't done his homework, hasn't done the dishes. And instead, I'll just be this, like, ah, oh, cute little affectionate son. And that'll, you know, put me back in the good graces of mom. And she's, like, sort of calling that I, That's a fair point. Yeah, but, come on. yeah, but I think also, though, I think that would work, though, 100 times out of 100. You know, you, you see, <laughs> yeah. moms yeah. just want the affection from their boys, so... <laughs> we uh what what so we like with this whole Kyle Shep thing he's at the game Kyle is distracted by his mom in the stands chilling with Shep uh and oh, taking off her jacket if i remember correctly getting a little hot in the gym there's a lot of people packed in a very small gym i'm i'm sure it was very warm um but he's all distracted he loses his temper he gets tossed he kicks over the Gatorade jug there's no Gatorade in it, <laughs> which is, uh, I, I think, having an effect on him. I think this team uh, needs some, <laughs> some yeah, electrolytes. <laughs> yeah, That's why he can't make decisions at the end of every, every game. He just melts down because he doesn't yeah. have the, the triglycerides or whatever he needs. <laughs> <laughs> you, know how um, many, you know how hard that would be if he was spilling Gatorade on every, ta- every take that they did? There would be <laughs> such... A pain in the ass cleaning That's that thing totally up. totally why they did that, yeah, right, yeah, JD? I thought the same thing. They're like, no, just don't put Gatorade in it. You know how many times we have to clean this up and do this again? Like, forget it. Just don't. We got all no, these people here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, 
Think about how sweaty they were playing in Teen Wolf compared to this movie, where they're playing way faster. It's up and down basketball, and they're you know they're they're sweating a little bit. They're all playing in undershirts in like ninety degree weather outside on the blacktop. They're not sweating that much. Again, I'm going back to Teen Wolf. They just they went way too heavy with the Mister when they were on these guys. No one sweats that much. I mean, Chubbs uh, wouldn't sweat that much. Come okay, on. maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe Chubbs. Yeah, we didn't have a chubby guy in this movie. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what separates it from the, all the other basketball movies. But, uh, listen, they were they were playing in summer in an unair-conditioned gym in Teen Wolf, so that's why everyone was so sweaty, I think. Yeah, maybe. Um, so the Uptown Tournament Shootout, let's go to that. Uh, loved this when I was a kid. Still loved it. I don't care. It's uh, there's some continuity issues. The basketball is hilarious, but it's uh, we're getting a lot of alley oops thrown. The net must be what do we think the net was put at? Nine feet, maybe, maybe Max. eight even. Yeah, that's high. Let's say eight and a half, nine. There's no <laughs> way it's ten. These guys are throwing down. I know they got some ballers to play, so it's not like there's people out there that couldn't dunk, but they're doing some crazy stuff. Um, so my guess is nine. <laughs> I'm just going to go with that. But I have a couple questions from the tournament. One, who decided it was a smart idea to put the two teams that both wear red on the same <laughs> side of the bracket? Okay, that was a weird decision. Uh, was it mandatory to play with a shirt under your jersey? Because <laughs> it appears so. I know it's a very mesh jersey, but uh, so you could see the nips and everything through it. But, I mean, I thought like I was one of the only people left in the 90s wearing an undershirt under my jersey because I was a scrawny little kid. So, uh, But even these guys were doing it. Why didn't they stop the tournament to fix the bent rims at one point? <laughs> because those things were sagging quite a bit as the dunking went on. And my final question, how the hell did Ikea get to be a sponsor of this tournament? <laughs> Ikea was a sponsor of the Uptown Shootout. I couldn't believe it. I was also seeing well, British like, knights out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. that makes a little more sense, but Ikea. Yeah. Man, I wonder if they were uh, serving up Swedish meatballs at halftime. Bernie's just <laughs> chomping down, using his little razor blade to cut them up. <laughs> what did you think of overall the tournament shootout, though, all, all of the games, and how it was edited and packaged to get to the final? Did it Was it believable enough to everyone? Well, uh, there was a lot of dunking. There was a lot of uh, dunking and then trash talking. And, uh, and vi- I mean, I don't know what the point of the referee is at that point because uh, everyone was just shoving each other, whacking each other. Uh, and the refs, the refs just sort of shrugged their shoulders and just said, eh, it's a man's game or whatever. Um, Birdie was paying them, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, again, I thought I, it, it looked to me like a couple of the shots were the same shot we'd seen earlier, just from a different angle. And I'm like, if you're shooting a basketball movie, just have 25 or 30 different shots in the can and use those. Don't don't reuse the same shot because you can sort of see it. But, you know, again, like at least we saw some athletic looking players who look like they play basketball going through, going off for some dunks and stuff. I mean, that's Except that the big be... uh, white dude on Kyle's team. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Every, everyone, everyone got, was thrown down these crazy dunks and the white guy had a layup and then a, like a mid-ranger. <laughs> they really, um, I mean, I did like the story of Birdman threatening Kyle, right, to throw the game and like Kyle has this sort of decision to make. Yeah, um, I, 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 I'm the Birdman. I like how you call him Birdman. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. Uh, I always like, you, you, you mentioned there, he tells him, hey, I just found out you're going to Georgetown. Birdie, always got the news first. He mm-hmm. was the early bird. That information was <laughs> just passed 
from coach yeah. to Kyle. And yeah. somehow, some, oh, yeah, I heard about this, huh? Even, even to his brother when he found him on the court at night. Uh, and Shep had just passed that note. And stared at it longingly to the uh, to the coach on the coach's desk there. He, mm-hmm. How would he know? How he, and he came up to him at, at that night and he said, "Heard you're leaving town." I mean, does he have a camera in the coach's office? He's plugged in, man. He's on the streets. He's got little so. birdies everywhere, man. That's why I call him Birdie. The original Paris. He's yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. I I think um I actually hated that. The 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 part where he gets the letter to George down that was so slipped into this oh, yeah. movie. It's like. Well, what was the reason for that? Like, the the scout has seen you lose your temper, miss game-winning jumpers, <laughs> you know, maybe start hanging out with some shady characters. And, and get like, thrown out of the game that yeah. he's at. Yeah. There's yeah. no consequences for any of that behavior. Zero. Zero consequences. You know, hell, you're, you're pissing on the street, kid. Come on, man. Like... <laughs> Yeah, he's like, oh, you're going to Georgetown. Man, it's great. You want to root for him, and then maybe that's inspiring him in this game against Birdie. But yeah, that part was there was no reason, no like even a a call from Shep or Coach to Georgetown to to, to right. talk to Thompson, Coach Thompson. But nope, you're good. You're going. You're talented enough. Well, Allen Iverson was at Georgetown right at this time, and he had a troubled past in high school True. as well. So I mean, it's very weird that uh, the coach would just like throw the recruiting letter into his bag to bring to the biggest tournament of the summer. Um, but, you know, getting to Georgetown, despite the fact that, you know, uh, he had the, the temper at, at the game and was kicking over the empty jugs, uh, at least at least it makes sense that it could happen. Yeah, sure. I mean, especially, I know you're a Michigan boy, TK, but back in the 90s, I mean, Georgetown, mainly because of Iverson and Coach Thompson, and they were cool as hell, right? I mean, that was oh, definitely. definitely one of the coolest schools um, to root for, to wear their gear, and for a lot of guys to go and play for Thompson. Skeets, were you rocking a sense. Georgetown jersey with an undershirt underneath it? Back uh, in the 90s? No, 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 no. Uh, yeah, what uh, the starters' jackets were huge up in Canada for sure. Like they were everywhere. There were a lot of Georgetown, a lot of Michigan's. Mm-hmm. I didn't have one though. That stuff was not cheap. Um, no. no, I didn't have a. I wasn't even the big co- biggest college basketball fan, even when you know Fab Five era and Iverson era and all that. Nope, didn't have it. Tass, did you have it? I did have a Georgetown jersey. Oh, yeah, that was the only college thing I owned, really. See, there you go. That's how popular it was. It was, yeah. Um, I love Kyle's steal that he does the old Charles Barkley move in this game, Lily, where he sort of uh, he like looks like he's going back on defense, turns right around, gets a steal, and lays. Oh, uh, yeah, love yeah. that. Well, he does it like he does that like two out of three plays, really, doesn't he? Like just quickly <laughs> turns around and lays it up, and that, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, like just mix it up a little you see that actually we saw that uh barkley do that uh against the bulls in game uh game five uh, in the last dance the other day so yeah great timing for that (laughs) yeah exactly speaking of last dance timing tupac had an unlit cigar in his mouth the entire tournament Mm -hmm. biting on that and he didn't even he didn't even take it out of the plastic wrapper at the start yeah, the first scene, that, that's what I was going to bring up. Yeah, the first scene of the movie, he's got it in a plastic wrapper yeah. in his mouth. And I thought, yeah. who the heck would do that? But then I just, I came around on it by the end of the movie, and I saw him basically, what, I don't know, five, six, seven games, he had it in his mouth without the plastic wrapper. Nobody wants a soggy cigar butt. And that's oh, I, I yeah. think that's what he's getting at there. The plastic wrap, I think, was before its time, even though it would have felt disgusting. Mm. I don't know. I I would I don't mind. And why? Why? I guess you couldn't. I guess they decided we're not going to have any cigar smoking. Like we're we're like we're the last dance here. But 
Why, why have an unlit <laughs> yeah. cigar in there for eight games? Yeah. Gross. He, uh, so, so they're getting punked in the final here. The What are they called? The Bombers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're getting punked by, by Birdie's team. Like, literally, like, guys are dropping like flies, just getting punched <laughs> in the face, like Lee said. And, I, I yeah, yeah. You, you have to assume, I'm with you, Tass, that Birdie has paid off these refs, I think, just to, like, let them play physical, let them go crazy. I know it's street ball, so it's, it's going to be more uh, physical already than playing in a gym and stuff like that. But, wow, they were, like, straight-up elbowing guys in the head. Well, yeah, I mean, if he, if he um, paid off the refs, though, you see Shep, knee an opponent right in the nuts right in front of the refs <laughs> and the ref just sort of shrugs his shoulders so i mean if he's bribed him then surely yeah. he would have been calling that yeah maybe at that point even the even the officials yeah. like come on man you can't be complaining <laughs> about that you, yeah you slipped me a hundred dollars i know you want to go to vegas or the bahamas uh which man there must be quite the prize money on this or i guess he's got some bets probably going uh on the side yeah. But, yeah, I guess even the officials, like, come on. Are you serious? Like, you've just been knocking guys in the head left and right. So a little nut shot. No, I want to know. Memory to nutso, though, yeah. (laughs) I want to know what the refs are going to call, though, because, you know, like you say, people people are elbowing each other in the face, and they're not really calling anything. So... If you're going to have refs, you've got to call some things. Yeah, there's Otherwise, no point there's to no have point them there. In, no, yeah, no, no. They're, they're just right. making sure you don't step on the three-point line. That's it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so Shep shows up and, uh, you know, smart thinking by coach. I will say this, and I didn't notice this the first eight times I watched it as a kid, that coach early in the movie says, well, I'm going to put you on the roster. Mm. I'm just going to play it safe and put you on the roster, Shep. I, I know it's unlikely you're going to play. You, you don't want to do anything anymore. You only like playing without a basketball. But I'm going to throw your name down there. And, hey, it turned out that was smart movies right there. It's right there because Birdie's going crazy. And he plays in his corduroys. <laughs> he plays in his long sleeve, uh, you know, white shirt. Got the penny over top. And I think he goes, does he go 14 for 14 or 15 for 15 in the second half? He doesn't miss a shot. Hmm. Yeah, getting a lot of long twos. Yeah, you know, yeah. he's really opening up inside. He's hitting the yeah. perimeter jumpers, then finally comes in and uh, hits a few little finger roll layups. Yeah. Probably the same shot, uh, but just from a slightly different mm-hmm. angle. A very Kobe-like game, I thought, the way he was operating out there. Yes, yes. An assassin, <laughs> a smooth, great footwork, like you said. Yeah. Looked like he um, was, you know, he shot with his right hand, but had a pretty nice-looking left-hand layup. Mm-hmm. I thought that was mm-hmm. very, very smooth looking and brings them back. And instead of hitting the game winning shot, throws a game winning alley oop assist. And you already talked about that lead and think there was a lot of time left for that to unfold. <laughs> there, there wasn't, the, I mean, I'm pretty sure there was three seconds to go and the other guy still had the ball in their, in the, uh, you know, their defensive half court. He gets the steal. <laughs> And then Kyle makes it somehow down the other end get to get up there to rise up, catch it, and, and dunk it in that time. And I, I just don't think there was enough time. So I yeah. thought, I, I, I thought, weren't they up a, a point? Weren't they already up? And the other team was shooting for the game winner, and then the steal that was just icing on the cake. I no, don't know. I, don't I think know. so because isn't Birdie yeah. saying like basically just hold it? Like aren't they sort of like saying? We've got oh, really? this. Uh, yeah. Well, oh, now that I say that, hold I hold it. Yeah, yeah. That no, I think I think that's what he was saying. He was just saying, yeah, keep the ball, keep possession. Yeah. But that's not that's not the Birdman's aura. Just to <laughs> hold the ball at the end of the game, that'd be weird. I mean, timing of this movie at the end is crazy. How quickly things happen because oh, yeah. we get the Shep going off. We get the montage. That's fun. Okay, they win, and then it's like. 
Birdie tells his uh, what's just the guy's name um, from The Wire in the movie? Mota. Mota. That. Thank you. He tells Mota, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. Goes and gets the gun. And I will say, I, I, at first I was like, why is he going to shoot Kyle? Why wouldn't you go shoot Shep? Um, mm. But Kyle is the one that was supposed to throw the game, so that makes obviously makes sense. And Shep sees this unfolding, even though there's all these people on the floor or on the court, and uh, you know takes a bullet for him, jumps in front of him. But then we are like, I mean, we're like, what, where does it cut to immediately after that? Does it cut to Georgetown immediately after that? Uh, very soon after, for sure. Yeah, because the cop the cop shoots Motor, and then I'm oh, pretty sure right. it's that yeah, and then it's I'm pretty sure it's just that Georgetown scene, and no, they're no, in the no. bar they're, because we go to the we go to the club, right? Because because Tupac. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Where yeah. Bug goes and takes out Park. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but the, okay, so it goes it goes shooting basketball hoops to shooting at Kyle that Shep takes the bullet. The policemen take down Mota. Mm-hmm. It goes right to the club, where Bug goes and gets you know revenge on um, on Birdie, mm-hmm. and then it goes right to the to the basketball scenes of Georgetown, which we then see they're watching on a television screen in a bar. Yeah, right. Because uh, yeah, because I bang, mean, bang. I didn't. I I I thought Shep was dead. I thought he was going to take the bullet for him, but. Apparently not that bad at all. He wasn't too badly injured. He he was fine. But yeah, we don't you know, really know where he, he, he was shot. shot let's be fair. He, he yeah, took, yeah, yeah, He did take a bullet for. Well, what was what was funny was that he he jumped in front with his back to Wood Harris to yeah. Mota, the shooter, and then he's lying on his back and his chest is bloody. Mm. So, mm. Wha- a bit of a continuity error. Unless that yeah. bullet went all that the way through. through, and if that yeah. bullet went through his heart, then he gone. Yeah. Must have just been a perfect lucky shot. Went straight through, touched (laughs) no internal organs. Fine to be at the bar within three months. I will say, when I was a kid, that Georgetown footage always blew my mind. I was like, how did they do that? Did did Kyle actually go to Georgetown? This is incredible. Like, it's, uh, you know, they're playing Seton Hall, right? In the the movie. And he hits, comes around, gives up the ball, comes around uh, baseline and splashes uh, the game-winning three. I, I was always mm. shocked. I, I mean, the footage looks cool. looks realistic, especially when it's spliced with, like, Coach Thompson for Georgetown sidelines. Like, looks really believable. Yeah, and yeah. there's the nice tie-in of the same jumper that Shep taught him uh, on the outside. Right. Fall through. Right, flick, right. Spread the fingers, flick the wrist, uh, just, just like Shep showed in the tournament. And I did like how Shep, in that tournament, it was just old man game. He had a left-hand layup, but it was just jumpers. Shep's the old guy coming <laughs> off, playing in his cords. Uh, so not really going at it too hard. And did we recognize who was on the call for that uh, jumper for Georgetown? Bill Raftery. No, it was Joel Myers. Joel Myers was the, the play-by-play. Bill Rafferty. Oh, play-by-play. Intri- uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill Rafferty uh, interviewed him after the game, but it was right. Joel Myers. And Joel Myers, I didn't realize this, the name of his daily show on Sirius Satellite Radio was called Above the Rim. Yeah. <laughs> and we know he loves dogs and he's calling a game for the Georgetown Hoyas. <laughs> oh, Lee loves it. Lee loves it. Speaking of dogs, I did say the Above the Rim soundtrack sold more than 2 million copies and topped the R&B albums mm. chart for 10 consecutive weeks. And a big part of that, Lady Rage's Afro Puffs and then Warren G and Nate Dogs. Um, mm. Regulate. So this thing, this the soundtrack 
was huge, and it was good throughout the movie. I can't believe we haven't brought up throughout an hour here of talking about Above the Rim, um, Bernie Mac's performance. Rest in peace, Bernie Mac, as, oh, yeah. as Flip. Yeah. JD, what would you think of him cast as that type of character? I, I thought he was great. I mean, I love Bernie Mac, and uh, it was, yeah, it, it made me sad to watch him because he's mm-hmm. gone too soon, and he's a comic genius, and uh, I thought he was great. I, he, he was great. Uh, not a not a very well written character, I don't think, but uh, he pulls it off. He he needs one of those Oscars for bad dialogue. Mm. <laughs> he's got the maybe one of the best lines in the movie too, when he's yelling, "They can't erase what we were, man." Yeah, which is, I mean, now after all of the the greats that have passed that were in this movie, it even holds uh, more weight to that line. It's a great line. I love how he's delivering that line. Um, so yeah, that's uh, any more random observations here well, before we get to grading this movie? Uh, getting back to the music for a second, I agree with you. The soundtrack is awesome. The score is awful. Yeah. Just yeah. awful. The, the, the first game, the training montages, the final tournament, the final game, they all have the same looping bed track. Mm-hmm. there's more thought put into highlight music on NBA TV. Like it's, it's awful. Uh, I, I, like the same. This is the climax of the movie. And I'm just... You sound like the, uh, what were the name of the guys in uh, white man can't jump? Yeah. What were they called? The Venice beach boys. The Venice beach boys. Yeah. JD, are you in the Venice oh, beach boys? I wish. <laughs> yeah. It's a, uh, it's, it's just, I, I mean, I don't know what. I don't know if it's a budget thing. I don't know if it's an unwillingness to score or something like it. It could have been. I thought that the the climax of the movie could have been way more dramatic. The basketball scenes could have been way more. It, it's just weird to me that we, we get these awesome tracks while they're waiting in line at Wilson's, right? But yeah. when, when we go to play basketball, it's just yeah <laughs> i don't know i get i can't uh, it, it just it really got under my skin yeah Love or, the or when, hate the score yeah. or when we just you just mentioned flip being killed there was nothing underneath it there was mm. no no dramatic nothing like that that scene was so unconvincing that birdie was taking a razor blade to to flip mm. it felt a little like fresh prince ish mm. you, you mentioned the director it was just yeah. it was it was you put on your kitty gloves for that little murder scene. And Birdie punching him as well. Tupac, great actor, but uh, I, the punching was not not convincing whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, which is funny because this is like a rated R movie, right? I mean, there's a lot of violence in it. and uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, strong language. And it's, uh, yeah, there are parts where they sort of dial it back maybe. <laughs> Some <laughs> of the, I don't know why. That's a weird decision, I guess. Okay. Any other random observations? Uh, the razor blade scene with Tupac is awesome. Like, uh, that's maybe the coolest he is in this entire movie, but also just like so charming, but also terrifying that he's pulling a razor blade straight out of his mouth. I love that. I also love uh, the line when they're uh, when the bombers are getting ready to play in the shootout. Bombers, 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 championship, as long as you give me the rock. I heard that before like every men's league game from 2000 to 2010. And um, the last thing I'd like to give a shout out to is the demon's point guard. Steve. <laughs> They're like, ooh, behind the back by Steve. <laughs> so that was the guy going against Kyle? Yeah, I, I guess they had like a like a red uniform probably. Um and yeah, he was like uh, oh, he was lighting demons. him up in the first half. Oh, okay. 
Right. I was not thinking, the, no, not the I, high school guy in green. Yeah. Not the high school guy. No, high no, school, no, no. Montrose. That, <laughs> Montrose, that guy was annoying. So when, when Kyle got tossed out of that game and, and coach took the point guard duties away from him in, in the huddle, they go to inbound the ball and Kyle is inbounding the ball. And so Montrose says to him, what happened? They take the point away from you? Like They take the point away from you? What are you? How? What? Who? What? Uh no one would say that. You, you brought up that one, uh, the one break there, Trey, in the uh, tournament shootout. I liked early in the movie um, when the Panthers, they're in playing high school, Kyle's team, the huddle breaks with defense on three. Okay. The Panthers are on offense with a tie game 16 <laughs> seconds to go. I thought that was a strange decision. It's like, I get it for, you know, creatures of habit. You probably always say defense on three, defense wins championships, but uh, you guys are on offense here. You got the ball. Like maybe chant or break on something else out of the huddle. I, I laughed out loud at that part. Yeah, right, the coaching like, all throughout is very funny. Also, that scene when uh, Kyle gets the point taken away from the coach in the huddle, he said, all he says is, we all understand what we're doing. Go out and do it. <laughs> Great plan, coach. <laughs> no wonder that guy doesn't want to coach anymore. He's yeah. like mailing it in. Oh, man. All right. Before we grade this movie, a quick word from some of our sponsors. If you're bored in the house, bored in the house, bored, why not spend some time on yourself? Our sponsor today, Manscaped, is here to make sure you're well-groomed above and below the belt. Manscaped promotes clean hygiene when it comes to shaving thanks to their Lawnmower 3.0. Yeah, we got in our standard daily grass cutting portion of the program and we didn't even have to force it. <laughs> Manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below the waist grooming. Never mix up your top and bottom clippers again. It'll never happen because Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their perfect package 3.0. It comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 waterproof, cordless body trimmer, and a ton of other liquid formations to round out your manscaping routine. This trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Shaving is about to be nick free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin safe technology. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job like your Felix mowing skeets grass. <laughs> Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code THEATHLETIC. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag $39 value and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped boxer briefs. So go to manscaped.com today and use code THEATHLETIC. Sunday Scaries are specially formulated CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that are super consumable and easy to take on the go. The specially formulated CBD products with vitamins can help in all sorts of ways, like chilling out, decompressing, relaxing on the couch, watching basketball movies with your friends, or if you just want to quiet your mind or unwind after a busy day. Sunday Scaries recently launched Cabin Scaries to promote social distancing and responsible isolation. A portion of sales will be donated to BEAP, which is the Bartender Emergency Assistance Program, to help displaced hospitality workers. Get 25% off your first order with the code NODUNKS at sundayscaries.com. That's 25% off your first order at sundayscaries.com and enter code NODUNKS where it asks for a coupon on the checkout page. 
Find out what product might be best for you. So go to sundayscaries.com and use the code NODUNKS. Quick question. Who wants some trivia? Guys, if you were to guess on average how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? Seven days. (laughs) Damn, you've seen this script before. (laughs) A week is what you would guess. Actually, on average, people have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. 29 days, that's almost like Survivor. It's basically a month. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. So just grab your phone or your computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com slash NoDunks for a free online visit and a free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash NoDunks for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Okay, let's grade this movie. Above the Rim, 94. Critics, they scored this on Rotten Tomatoes, 53%. Mmm, very average. The audience score, based off of 30,000 plus user ratings, 83%. Yeah, quite the discrepancy here between the critics and the audience. This is a, this is a very rad-like situation here. With the, uh, <laughs> the classic BMX movie in the 80s. That's what we got here with this 90s basketball movie. But, Lee, let's start with you because you seem, the, the, I don't know, the most down on this movie. I think you just hate <laughs> movies in general is what I've learned. Um, I, I, what, I, I, what do you think of Above the Rim? I think I do hate basketball movies. Uh, yeah, I think you do. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's, it, it wasn't fun watching it. I wasn't enjoying it. Um, you know, it was pretty violent, pretty nasty couple of murders there at the end which I didn't really enjoy all that much I thought uh, I thought uh, Tupac was good in his role but um, but he was also kind of a dick as as the character in this one so I'm gonna give this movie uh, two stars for Tupac okay two out of five two out of ten what are you looking at uh, you you can make it up whatever you want two out of whatever it doesn't really matter I feel like you start watching a basketball movie and you're like huh, this is nothing like the 1987 All-Star game. <laughs> <laughs> the only That's basketball movie you, Lee likes is Team Wolf because me. it ends with free throws. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's got Styles <laughs> exactly. in it. Exactly. And it's got Styles Stalinsky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. All right. Listen, listen, let's, let's, I would love it if somehow someone could like virtually impose Styles into the roles, into the role of uh, Boogaloo and see if this movie would improve. I think it goes <laughs> through the roof. You're insane. All right. Tass, what, how do you want to grade this movie, man? Ooh, 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 ooh. Uh, <laughs> I am grading this based on unwrapped cigars. So plastic cigars. I'm looking at five cigars here on that scale. I think I'm just, I'm giving it two and a half out of five plastic cigar, plastic okay. wrap cigars. Okay. It's, I, you know, I, I want to give it more, but uh, the, 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 the plot holes are really bringing me down here. Uh, but I did enjoy it. I did follow along. And, and, and so halfway there is okay with me. I, I, would, I would throw it on again. It's one of those that are like, yeah, if you just accept it for what it is, cool with it. Trey? 
Yeah, it's a movie that certainly doesn't hold up to any sort of critical scrutiny, but I had so much fun watching it. I love every scene with Tupac or Bernie Mac or Marlon yep. Wayans. Yep. Um, so I'm going to go 7 out of 10 bunks. And I think that should be our next pick <laughs> payoff. Just yes. whip a ball at each other's butts. Bunks. <laughs> I like that idea. We definitely. I think I owe a pick and payoff, right? I'm pretty sure I do. Mm, yeah. Yep. From when the season got uh, postponed. Okay. Bunk me up. <laughs> <laughs> Who's got the best arm on the on the crew? Maybe I, I should probably have to get one from all of you. Ooh. Mm. Might mm. Three bunks, two cheeks. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Three bunks from the boys. Uh, <laughs> That's what we're going to do. That's the payoff uh, that I'm going to pay off. Okay, so you like it. Yeah, don't love it. That's fair. JD? Yeah, I'm going to give it uh, two pairs of cords out of five. Okay. Um, I liked I liked the Shep redemption story, ultimately. I think uh, I would have liked to have explored it a little bit more. I, w- I wanted more from Tupac. Um uh, but yeah, I mean, I, generally I thought it was a sloppily made movie. And uh, one scene that I that I forgot about um, that just popped into my head was the scene when he's giving Kyle, t- uh, Tupac is giving Kyle the a tour of the club and yep. he takes him upstairs and there's the, the prostitute standing there. It yep. is so awkwardly blocked, that shot. Like she's <laughs> literally five feet away from them. And they're they're talking about her. She's dancing by herself, facing them, and they're like, well, I could go for some of that." And he's like, "Call her over." And then I, I rewound this like three times. She takes literally three steps to get to <laughs> to get to uh, Kyle and starts making out with him. And it's just like, why couldn't you just put her on the other side of the room or something? You know what I mean? Like it's just like it's so. I see. I didn't, I didn't mind that. I didn't, I didn't mind. I, I it hear. At all. I hear what you're yeah. saying, but it's not a nice club. It reminded me of crappy clubs i've been to in mississauga where the the upstairs is basically 10 feet wide so there's nowhere to go and so that's where she is well i had a problem with it anyway two pairs of cords chafing me (laughs) i mean i wouldn't watch it again but again if you turn your brain off it's a it's a pleasant little time waster yeah, I uh, I love this movie. I I understand that a big part of it is uh, the nostalgic factor that I'm holding on to. I remember putting on the soundtrack and you know lowering the rim um, and dunking with Brody Paul. We listened to this nonstop. Um, we watched it all the time. This is right when I became a diehard basketball fan. This was definitely you know. I, I, it was impressionable on me. This the fashion. I'm sure I started wearing a sideways, you know, ball cap like like Kyle. <laughs> I definitely uh, rolled up my one pant leg like Bug did at one point, like LL Cool J style. Like it was cool. It was just cool to me. Um, and 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 again, like you guys have mentioned, Tupac is awesome. Bernie Mac is awesome. I even think Kyle's pretty decent as a, as the lead guy. Shep's a is a weird character. Never. <laughs> Never was the biggest Shep fan, even when he was lighting it up in his chords. But I love it. I love the soundtrack. I love the performances. Yeah, it's formulaic, but I'm entertained for an hour and a half. I'm giving this nine anteater dicks out of ten. Uh, I, had com- I had completely forgotten about that scene, which is still really, really weird, but uh, sort of funny, too. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of this movie. I, I think, I don't know, I think of a lot of these basketball movies we've watched, I'm putting this one a lot higher than those others in terms of just throwing it on like Tass said and watching it again and mm. being 
mildly entertained. Yeah, when we start nitpicking and blo- going through the goddamn blocking of scenes, and, 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 and sure, that opening scene is, is definitely strange, the dream scene and how he dies, not so. That is very weird. I think they could have written that a lot better, but it's better than a lot of these other ones we've watched. So... Hmm. Probably more of a seven or eight, but I'm giving it a nine out of Annie, uh, the anteater dicks because I just love the nostalgic <laughs> factor and I just want to see say anteater dicks again. And uh, sorry, like circumcised penises. Uh, how many circumcised penises are we talking? Oh, just, uh, ten, just ten, ten for the concur. The well, ten version. out of ten. I, yeah. I prefer a circumcised penis to I mean, an uncircumcised. everybody. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually thinking back, JD. In high school, for sure, you're comparing. But in our high school, it was. Who's a hood rat and who's not? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, that's what we think of Above the Rim. Uh, let us know what you think. Hit us up on Twitter, at NoDunksInc, hashtag NoDunks. You can email us your questions and comments about Above the Rim or any questions you have about anything, really, as we go beach stepping every single week. Email them in, NoDunks, at TheAthletic.com. Clipper Bros! You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, you ain't going to college or any f***ing where if the Birdman don't win. (laughs) Embrace the weekend, people. You could stay.